0: welcome to the mount olive baptist church podcast i'm pastor carl stokes we appreciate you being here today with us our desire is to preach the word of god effectively and clearly so that you can understand god's desire for you in your life turn with me in your bibles once again to the book of ephesians we've been looking at the book of Ephesians and looking at uh, God's direction for our life Uh, for quite some time. We've been looking at uh, this aspect of uh, understanding what it is that we're to do, understanding uh, how we're to live as Christians. And we, uh, of course, have seen in the first half of uh, the book of Ephesians that it is uh, all about uh, god 's plan god 's purpose for us, and what God is intending to do and and god 's plan is is that that we become a part of the family of god and he 's done this through the past, the present, and the future we're uh, uh, in the past God predestined that we would have uh, that relationship with god and that uh, that God created uh, in us uh, uh, a uh, a yearning to, to have a relationship to Him. And God just chose before time began. Uh, uh, what a, a marvelous image of, of love that God would choose before even time began, before He ever said, let there be light, before He ever uh, made a man in His image, before He ever put uh, man and woman in the garden, that uh, they would uh, have that opportunity to... Uh, he, God determined and, and destined that that we would have that opportunity to have a relationship with Him, to have a love with Him, and and to have a desire to to have a relationship with Him. And so we see uh, that God predestined for us to have that relationship. God is working in us and and uh, redeeming us, allowing us to have uh, uh, not only uh, the opportunity for salvation but also to have. Uh, within us, uh, God working and moving in us to create us anew in, in our life with Him and our relationship with Him, and so that we once again uh, come back to a right relationship to Him through uh, salvation and then uh, in the future, uh, God is is uh, not only uh, uh, enabling us to have a relationship with Him. But God is desiring for us to have uh, more than just a relationship, but that we would be a part of the family of God, that we would be uh, co-heirs with Jesus Christ, that we would enjoy all that, uh, that it entails in terms of, uh, of being a part of the family of God. I, I tell people all the time when uh, I explain this, that God wants to do more than just simply set us free from sin. For so many people, salvation is all about, well, I don't want to go to hell when I die. I don't want to be uh, separated from God. I, I don't want to be in eternal torment. I'd rather be in heaven. I'd rather uh, walk the streets of gold than to, uh, to be in the midst of fire and brimstone. And for a lot of people, uh, that's all salvation is. Well, I, I want to get my ticket to the right place and not go to the wrong place. Well, God is, uh, doesn't desire just simply that we receive the ticket of salvation to get out of the wrong place rather God wants us to have much much more it's more than just simply being set free from our sin uh, the bondage of sin it's, it's all about having a relationship that allows us to be a part of the family of God not just part of the plan and God's plan is, is for us to be useful in His plan of sharing that with other people And so we looked at that all in the first three chapters of uh, the book of Ephesians, and then we come to the fourth chapter, and this is all about putting all that into practice. How do we practically live the life? How do we live? How are we redeemed in the present? Uh, cause that's where we're at right now. We're in the present, not in the past, we're not in the future. We're in the present. How are we being redeemed? And God uh, uh, how is God working and moving in our life to be a make us into the children of God that he's called us to be? Well, we've been looking at that in the last couple of uh, weeks. We've been seeing how God has made and tra- is making us into a new creation. And God's whole desire is, is that uh, we as a body of believers as we as, uh, not just we as a Christian uh, singularly, but we as a body of believers as a church would be united together that we would have unity, that we would be able to be a a witness and a testimony to others. And we talked about being the body of Christ and we talked about uh, being uh, the body that is at service to God in this world. Well, how do we do that if uh, we are... uh, Going about our own interests, how do we do that if we can't get along with one another? How do we do that? And so we've been looking at these first couple of verses in chapter 4. And uh, it talks about uh, Paul saying, uh, he says, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you've been called. And so we've been talking about walking worthy. We've been talking about walking worthy of what God has desired for us to be, for God uh, desires for us to have. And he gives us five steps in order to understand what does it mean to, to walk worthy. How do we walk worthy? There's five steps and we've been looking at those. We looked at lowliness or humility and we talked about what is humility and what does it mean. And, and, and we talked about how uh, it, uh, humility is something that is sought after and something that we seek to attain, but we never, uh, we never claim to have, uh, have attained humility here else if we do, we've lost it all of a sudden. Uh, you can't say, well, hey, I'm a, I'm a humble person. Well, if you are, then you uh, wouldn't say I'm a humble person because you're no longer humble. You're bragging about yourself. And we talked about how what it means to be humble, how, to, how it means to interact with others. And we talked about how humility is not a, a, about Uh, being run over or being uh, taken advantage of that humility is understanding our place before God understanding that God is the creator and God is righteous and, and understanding who we are in relationship to God not relationship to others that's what we all tend to want to, uh, to gauge ourselves as well. I'm better off than he is. I, I'm, I don't do all the things that he does. I must be pretty good if, if I do better than him. Well, he's not the, the yardstick that you're supposed to be measuring yourself with. It's, it's Jesus Christ. It's God. We're to be measuring ourselves up against him, not against someone else. And so we talked about humility and how we, if we just simply realize who we are, uh, in relationship to God, in relationship to His righteousness, then we'll truly understand uh, the fact that how we need to be humble before God. And then last time we were uh, together, last couple of times, we talked about meekness and what meekness means and what meekness is all about. And we talked about how the the guiding principle of meekness is is that we need to uh, see meekness as not just simply... Uh, again, not a, uh, it's not just uh, allowing anything and everything to happen, but it is power under control. It is uh, uh, symbolized by uh, the image of the lion, the lion that has all kinds of power and might and has all kinds of strength, but yet uh, allows... Uh, the little deer to to prance on by in front of him without just completely destroying. That's power under control. He doesn't have to go after uh, the, little, uh, the little deer that goes prancing by. He reigns that power under control. And we see the ultimate image and the ultimate display of meekness in Jesus Christ. In meekness, Jesus allowed Himself to be uh, buffeted and, and uh, beat. And He allowed Himself to, to take the punishment that we should have received without calling down the angels from heaven to, to have it stop. He, he allowed himself to be humiliated. He allowed himself to be uh, uh, crucified on the cross. He had great meekness in allowing himself to, be, to go through all of that so that he might be the sacrifice for our sins and take upon himself the, the, the punishment that we deserve. So today uh we look at the third aspect or the f- third characteristic that we need to s- to have in order to uh to uh walk worthy and that third uh aspect is long suffering. Long suffering and we talked about before when we kind of did the overview of of all of these that long suffering was was about having uh kind of like a, a long fuse you you've heard about uh uh, people that are short, have short fuses, and I always think of, of the character of Yosemite Sam uh, from the Looney Tunes. He's, he's a little short guy that's got a couple of pistols, and, and anything at all just sets him off, and he's just, Arr! and he just uh, gets all mad and everything at every situation that he's in, and uh, that's a short fuse. That is not the image of long suffering. That is definitely not the image of long suffering. We're to have a long Confused, to have uh, to not allow the uh, just anything and everything to cause us to uh, to uh, uh, go off on what's going on in, in our situation. The word here for long suffering is is a word that is. Uh, it is macrothymai and that word has a cu- and in the greek has a couple of different uh uh translations and it's not it's all related to having uh, patience of endurance of long suffering all of those words that kind of mean the same thing and uh there's a couple uh, there's three different aspects that go along with this word uh uh, macriothymia, and and I want to share with you these three aspects to help us to understand how we have long suffering. The first of the uh, the first of those situations, uh, is, or the third first aspect of uh, macriothymia is, uh, or long suffering is uh, long suffering in our situation. Long suffering in our situation. Now, uh, in order to illustrate this a little bit, I have to tell you about abraham and and remind you about abraham and sarah and and their situation uh god uh came to abraham and uh if you want to look at that that's back in genesis but or you can look at what uh uh, the spirit of god talks about them in the book of hebrews chapter 16 uh, about abraham having long suffering of having a Desire to follow after God, in spite of a long period of time of, in which uh, he was waiting on what God said would come about. What was the, what was it that God did? Well, God came to Abraham while he was in the Ur of Chaldees, and he uh, set him aside and says, "I want you to understand. I am selecting you to be my people and to be a." Uh, 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 a nation set apart. He said, I'm going to bless you and bless uh, all those who come after you, and I'm going to bless the whole world through you. And Abraham. Uh, Uh, Said God, I'll go wherever you lead me and I'll go wherever you want me to. So Abraham and Sarah followed after God and they uh, followed God to a certain place in the world. And and God says, I'm going to give all of this to you and you're going to uh, own all of this land and this is all going to be your land. Everywhere you put your foot uh, and everything that you see is going to be uh, the land of your people. Abraham said, well, God, uh, Sarah and I are getting up in age. We're getting up there a little bit. Uh, uh, when might this be? I mean, we're kind of past our prime. We're past the uh, uh, age of having children. God said, don't worry about it. Abraham, don't worry. I, I'm coveting with you. He says you're going to have children that are going to be more than the sands of the sea. You're going to have more children than uh, you, all the stars that you can see in the night sky. You're going to have so many descendants. The whole world is going to be full of your descendants. And Abraham's like God. I, that that'd be wonderful. That that's uh, because that's how they gauged uh, blessings from God that they would have a male. Heir to pass on the lineage and the name of of the family. And Abraham said, "But you know, we're getting kind of old." God said, "Don't worry about it." It was years before uh, Abraham brought it up to God again and say, uh, said, "God, you know, uh, we've been waiting an awful long time. We still don't have a baby. Uh, maybe uh, you can bless my servant." And what the tradition was during that time is if you didn't have a male heir to to pass on all that you had accomplished and all the things that you had, you'd pass it on to maybe another uh, male uh, relative or a male uh, that you... uh, treasured uh, somebody in your employ or something like that and that's what Abraham wanted to do he says there's a fellow over here that's been with me for a long time Uh, maybe you can bless me through him because that's who's going to be my heir if I don't have a child and since I don't have a child uh, he's going to be the one God said no you're going to have a child he's going to next year you're going to have a child and Abraham said well look I'm 99 years old, and Sarah's 90. How's that going to be? And he says, is, with God, is anything impossible? And so uh, sure enough, God blessed him with Isaac, and uh, they had that, that baby, and and uh, then after he got to be about 12, 13, 14 years old, God said, uh, I'm going to test you, uh, uh, Abraham. I want you to take Isaac, the one that I gave you, and I want you to sacrifice him up to me. <laughs> Abraham's like, well, gracious God, uh, it was a long time before you gave him to us, but we'll, we'll do what you want. And uh, uh, God stayed his hand. And God blessed him because of that. And God just gave him one son. Uh, but uh, as uh, the years went by and as uh, the generations went by, uh, sure enough, God blessed Abraham with a, a great number of people. That's long-suffering. Abraham couldn't even see the, uh, the, the end result of what God was going to do. Uh, all that he saw was that he didn't have a son. He didn't have an heir. He even tried on his own by going to Hagar, his, uh, uh, Sarah's handmaid and attempted to have a a child uh, through her and God said look uh that's not Ishmael is not the one that I'm going to bless I'm going to bless you uh and Abraham said okay God and uh God brought about the result of of a child and and that was just one child but uh within uh three generations there was uh more people than you could shake a stick at at that time and then and then uh God blessed them even more uh as they were down in Egypt uh, uh about a less than 100 people turned into millions of people by the time they left. So we see that God's blessing uh continued on and then uh that blessing really was took into fruition when Jesus was born as a result of, of that blessing, that covenant with God between uh, God and Abraham. We also see in uh, Moses. Uh, Moses was uh, someone else that was very long-suffering. God, uh, uh, God used Moses to take his people out of the, the uh, bondage of slavery in Egypt and, and delivered them from that bondage. Uh, but moses uh, as you recall uh had his uh kind of his patience tested throughout that whole ordeal here's moses he he was born into a hebrew family and he uh uh, when uh the pharaoh was trying to kill all the male uh uh uh, sons because they was trying to cut down on the population and moses was thrown into the uh nile river in a, a little basket and uh, the princess found him and and raised him as as her own child, and he was uh, raised up in Pharaoh's household, given all kinds of education, and uh, then he uh, uh, killed the the uh, Egyptian uh, because he was beating on the Hebrew, and and that caused him to uh, to go f- uh, wandering in the wilderness. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Moses probably felt as though he wasn't going to be used of God, wasn't going to be significant. Here he was uh, uh, shepherding the sheep of his father-in-law out in the wilderness thinking uh, that God uh, didn't have any kind of plan for him and then God uh, showed himself to him in the burning bush and he says i want you to go back to egypt and i want you to go back there and and deliver my people i'm going to go with you and i'm going to show you some signs and 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 that that you are who, who you say you are as a representative of god and, and they and they'll let my people go when they see these signs and, and of course as you recall uh, 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 Pharaoh didn't want to let the uh, didn't want to let the uh, Israelites go, and he uh, uh, refused and kept uh, going back on his word. And uh, all throughout those plagues, uh, God was striving to to have uh, his people allowed to be set free. And it was all the while that God was using that situation to prove to the Egyptians and to Pharaoh that that, uh, the one true God was calling on them to let his people go. And, uh, of course, uh, Moses had his his, uh, temper and his long-suffering, his patience. To be tested throughout the whole time in which uh, the Israelites went through the wilderness to the promised land. uh, And and God uh, used him in spite of of the fact that he lost his temper at one point, uh, uh, but uh, he was a man who. Followed after God. And we saw, uh, we see all kinds of other examples of this long suffering. And that's a long suffering in terms of their circumstances. You need to have, uh, learn to be patient and, and uh, have a, a long patience in a circumstance. The second aspect is with other people. With other people. We need to have long suffering, not just in circumstances that we encounter, but people with other people that we uh, in, uh, encounter as well. There are other people that, uh, that are in our life uh, from time to time that, that cause us to, uh, to be tried in our ability to have patience with them, to have long suffering. God calls us to to have this long suffering in relationship to others as we attempt to share the gospel with them as we attempt to to help them to grow in their understanding of Christ and uh, Jesus had uh, many circumstances in which Uh, he had to demonstrate this long suffering with his disciples. They oftentimes would uh, not understand what he was uh, teaching and He would uh, uh, tell them about uh, what was going to happen with his death and his burial and resurrection and and about the kingdom of God and about God's plan for them. And uh, he had long suffering. Of course, Jesus uh, demonstrated great long suffering with the Pharisees. The Pharisees uh, got everything wrong about what uh, God's plan was for uh, Israel and for uh, humanity. And they saw it as all wrapped up in... Uh, the rituals and the things that people did, and and of course the Pharisees wanted to uh, retain their position of authority, and their whole their whole uh, 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 dislike of Jesus Christ was all about the fact that he was uh, threatening their place. Here's the Pharisees, and they'd spent their life uh, studying the the law, and they thought they were. Uh, hot snot and being able to tell everybody what the law meant, what, uh, what God meant. Here comes this carpenter guy that that's from Nazareth and uh, this nobody coming along and, and giving insight into what God is saying and telling people, look, do you, you thought that you simply didn't need to worry about murdering somebody else? And he says, but listen, if you have hatred in your heart, then you've already murdered your brother. And he says, if you... Have uh, you, you've heard that you're not to have an adultery uh, adulterous relationship with a woman? He says, "Look, if you have lust within your heart, it's as if you've already committed adultery within you." And God, uh, Jesus was trying to point out to them their misunderstanding of Scripture and this misunderstanding of of God's law for their life and misunderstanding of of what God's desire was for them, and helping them to understand that that sin is sin, no matter what sin it is. Uh, Uh, It's all sin. And then uh, to wrap all this up, not only uh, do we need to have long suffering in the circumstances that we're in, and that's the one that we think of the most, and not only with other people, we think about that too, you know, in in terms of of how other people can push our buttons and cause us to to, uh, light the fuse of our anger real quickly, Uh, but uh, uh, not only those two, but we need to also have long-suffering with God. And you might say, well, who gets angry with God? Well, a lot of people get angry with God, but we need to have long-suffering towards God in that uh, it's not always that we understand His plan and purpose. It's not always that we understand our circumstance. uh, Take, for instance, Paul, who uh, uh, God... Uh, literally picked him up from where he was going, the pathway he was going of, of persecuting the saints, of persecuting those who who followed after Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, after the encounter uh, uh, with Jesus Christ, he all of a sudden understood that uh, he needed to be a follower of Christ, not fighting after uh, fighting against those who followed Christ. And so he began to uh, to preach towards others uh, preach to others about this uh, love of Jesus Christ and what Christ has done and how Jesus has, uh, is the Messiah and the one that they needed to follow and throughout all of his uh, missionary journeys he had times in which he was beaten times in which he was left for stone for dead uh, he was he had to escape in the middle of the night he was shipwrecked he he uh, was bitten by uh, 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 serpents and he, he endured all this kind of stuff and and in spite of all that, he said, he, he said, look, this is what God's called me to do. This is what God's plan is for me to do. And, and it was demonstrated even more so in the fact that he had uh, uh, prophets come up to him and say, listen, if you go to Jerusalem, he was on his way to Jerusalem to share with those who were there. And he says, if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to bind you up. And they're going to take you prisoner. And he he took off his belt and he bound uh, Paul, uh, Paul's uh, wrists. And he says, "If if you go to Jerusalem, this is what's going to happen." And Paul said, "Listen, if that's God's plan for my life, if that's what God desires for me to do, he says, I'm ready to give of myself for God." And there's times in our lives when when we don't understand why we're going through. Uh, the hard times that we endure. Where there are times where we don't understand what God is attempting to, to, to change in our life, but more than anything, we need to demonstrate a long-suffering a willingness to depend upon God, a willingness to wait upon God's plan, a willingness to, to follow after God in spite of what the rest of the world says, a willingness in spite of the things that we're enduring. To continue to have faith in God, continue to believe that we're following after God and His plan and purpose. And when we do these things, we will have a spirit of long suffering. And, and of course, uh, this leads us to the ultimate goal of unity in the body. Because what the world needs is, is to see uh, the church of, of God. The people who follow after Jesus Christ. What well, the world needs to see is, are Christians that are authentic. There's too many people in this world that when you share the gospel message with them and tell them about uh, having a life in Christ, they say, why, why in the world would I want to do that? Uh, y'all are just a bunch of mixed-up people, and all all you do is give your money uh, uh, to the church, and and it gets wasted and squandered, and nobody uses it what it for what it's supposed to be used. And you go and you sit and you listen to somebody rant and rave every week at church, and 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 what what's the whole sense in all of that? Well, what the sense is is that we need to demonstrate who Jesus Christ is in this world. We need to be the body of Christ. And we can't be the body of Christ if we don't have unity. If we're not unified in our, in our walk, in our unity of service to God, if we're not in unity of, of living for Jesus Christ then we're, we may be the body of Christ. We may be uh, the, 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 the embodiment of Christ in the world after Christ uh, rose uh, into heaven, but we're just a spastic body that, that's not effective, that's not able to, to minister to our world because we're not, uh, we've got body parts that are going here and there and everywhere but not working together to serve God, working together to minister to those who are in need. We need to show and demonstrate to this world how we are different because God is living within us, because we have the Spirit of God within us, because we're in unity, in a world full of disunity, in a world full of people going one way or the other. And, and we've seen in the, in the news just recently how there's conflict in this world because of lack of unity. People died because of hatred, because of, of a desire for their own desires over the, the, the needs of others. We see people fighting and, and uh, rioting in the streets. We see people threatening other people in their everyday life of, of accosting them and, and hurting them. We see uh, rockets flying through the air and people dying all because of the lack of unity, all because of the lack of long-suffering, the lack of a desire to allow God to work and move in us. So we need to have a, a lowliness of heart, which is humility. We need to have meekness. Today we learn of long-suffering of Of simply allowing God to work and move in us, allowing his will to be done, I want to ask you today, are you the embodiment of Christ? What does it mean to be a Christian? These characteristics are are all the things that God wants us to have and to demonstrate in our life so that we can fulfill His plan of being redeemed in the present. So that we can one day be able to claim the inheritance of Jesus Christ and be a part of the family of God. So how do we do that? Are we living a life... The lowly walk. Let's pray.